Welcome to Solana. We are a super fast blockchain project bringing proof of history and in turn 100,000x speeds to the blockchain ecosystem. This podcast is a discussion between our core staff, industry leaders, and top contributors to our open source project. Find out more at solana.com. That's S-O-L-A-N-A.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter, at Solana. Now, on to the show. Welcome, everybody, to this Solana podcast. Uh, this is Andrew Hyde. I am back in San Francisco this week, and we have our new podcasting studio set up, so better sound for your ears. I'm excited about that. Uh, we also have a lot of guests coming up and a lot of really cool things planned for the podcast, so thanks for tuning in. As always, email podcast at solana.com if you have any uh, any tips, pointers, concerns, or corrections. I think this episode, we might have a lot of audience engagement. I'm joined by Dominique Sang. Hey, Dom. Hey, how are you going? Doing super well. We have some crossover in that we both work at Solana, um, but we also were both in the uh, Telegram channel long, right, yeah. long ago. I want to know more about you, and do you want to introduce yourself to the kind of podcast listeners? Sure. So I'm Dominic. Um, do a bunch of things at Solana, but main focus right now is BD and community. So you're doing business development. Um, you have a nice Australian accent. Thanks. <laughs> You live in Melbourne? Yeah, from Melbourne. For people not from Australia, Melbourne. You drop all all vowels, right? Um, I've never really thought about it that way, but yeah, sure. I mean, the, uh, the American you know, way of saying it is Melbourne. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> we add in five vowels. So you're from Melbourne. You are off in San Francisco for a couple weeks. Yeah, so I spend most of my time in between Melbourne and San Francisco, I'd say... As much as possible in, in Melbourne and probably a month every two to three months in San Francisco. And then the rest of the time traveling, I guess, for events and to meet potential partners. You're all around the world. It's amazing. It gets tiring. You start getting sick of watching the same movie over and over again on the airplane. <laughs> I love how my definition of what the company is has changed over a couple of months. Right. I would love to hear your current definition of what is Solana. My current definition of what Solana is, is... Ideally, the transaction layer above other blockchains and network. There might be some value in trying to compete with other chains, but I think the real value here is being able to create a very fast, user-efficient platform that can trade digital assets without compromising the value of the underlying assets. I think that's a pretty clear definition. But it's also like a big... Do you want to talk about Libra at all? So I'm probably not the best person to ask about Libra. I have a high-level view, but I don't have too much value to add there. Obviously, Solana's broken up into a lot of technical components as well. So that's why I kind of gave the bird's eye view, because you know, someone like Anatoly could probably give a better nitty-gritty breakdown of how exactly it works. But in terms of real value add for the community, I think being a transaction layer and hopefully offering a better user experience is probably the key. Like the challenge right now is that a lot of the applications coming out are obviously slow. We hear that narrative talking about or spoken about a lot. For us, there's an internal line of thinking where if we can start building applications that are somewhat similar to arguably Web 2.0 applications in terms of experience and response time and also, the economics of it being viable to have transaction costs significantly low and guaranteeing that, then maybe we have a chance at adoption. But you know, until then, 
anything we build might have blockchain characteristics, but that's not enough. There's a few elements that need to come together there. I'm really excited about just generally what the developers are going to build on top of it. Yeah, pretty much. Like The idea is to empower these guys to build anything within their wildest dreams, right? We're bringing the speed. Mm. You know, Every blockchain open source project that I've seen out there is putting 10% of the transaction on chain and 90% of it doing it some funky way mm. in the background that gets pretty complicated pretty quickly. Yeah, And it works, but there's this giant asterisk of it is blockchain, it is working. Yeah, well, at the same time, like I wouldn't take a stab at what they're doing. I think there's a lot of projects out there competing within, say, the zero to 10,000 transaction range. And you know, transaction is just one element of what they offer. There's you know, projects like Polkadot who are focusing on on-chain governance, which is extremely attractive to a lot of people. And then there's projects like Cosmos who have done an amazing job at abstracting away the complexity of blockchain. And those features alone are enough for developers to be attracted to that. For us, at least for now, we're probably not competing on usability or governance, but purely on performance. And that in itself has its own inherent value. So if there's any way we can leverage our offering and integrate that to help empower some of these other projects that have a feature set that's different to ours, that'd be pretty interesting. I think the the way we go about being a company is not trying to say we're, we're better than this company because of this. We're faster. We're this. I mean, we're going to be a fast box. And we're hopefully we're the most performant one in the world. Yeah. And we say that a lot. But I think that we have a love for the industry and we have a love for people that are, are doing anything in the industry. 100%. And I love learning from them. I mean, especially if the projects are open. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, all these projects are building on top of each other's ideas, right? Even though one might not capture certain elements, we're all kind of getting inspired by each other and trying to create the next best thing. So I think it's a really amazing melting pot for innovation. Which brings me to my, my next question, which is how did you get involved in Solana? Yeah, so I've got a pretty non, non-traditional story, I guess. I actually came from the construction engineering space prior to this, doing a lot of project management and also dabbled a little bit in the property development side. I first kind of got intrigued quite late, I'd say, so around late 2016. And at that time, there were some interesting blockchain projects coming out of Australia. Um, Australia is quite pro-blockchain. And I recall there were a few projects like Republic Protocol and also Power Ledger, and started digging into some of the ideas and what they were trying to achieve. And it all sounded really interesting. And I really bought into the ideal of decentralization and what this could actually bring for society as a whole. Obviously it's very idealistic, but it was still extremely attractive. So that's when I started reaching out to a few projects. Still had a full-time job at the time, which I love and I still love actually. But um, I kind of took this on as a hobby to participate and support some of these projects um, where it made sense. And I kind of did this on and off for around a year Uh, maybe a year and a half. And a portion of that time, particularly early 2018, was with Solana. Wasn't doing anything special there, maybe just offering some community support. And I think it reached a point where Solana as a product needed to scale. And there was an opportunity to to participate or to to join the company full time. And to be honest, it was a bit of a hard decision. It's not that um, I'm not committed to the space, but I also... Have a, have a strong passion for 
building things. And I think that's ultimately what kind of brought me across the idea of building something, not, not necessarily a structure like the next hospital or the next library, but actually building something that's um, software. And I was like, okay, let's give it a crack. Let's give it a crack for some time and um, see how it goes. And obviously it's now been almost a year still around. So <laughs> I guess that speaks for itself. I remember seeing in the Telegram group. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we're both huge fans of open source. Yeah. And I think that I'm on 50 Telegram groups. And oh, yeah. Just yeah. kind of peeking in and checking out what people are doing. Impossible to keep it in box zero, is it? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot more ways to get involved. I mean, for us, Telegram used to be a bigger deal, and now it's Discord, whereas where all the actions go and all the development. Yeah, exactly right. So we've got Tour de Soul. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're playing a role in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, helping the team where I can with Tour de Soul. Tour de Soul's been an amazing experience, to be honest. I think being able to actually engage the community at a deeper level, collecting feedback, and being able to put a face to the name, right? Like with Bitcoin, proof of work. A lot of the miners didn't really know each other. There wasn't really any incentive to know each other either. But with proof of stake protocols, it's it's completely different. And I love the energy that you can get. I love that you can put a face to a name. And I think it also offers a lot of new business opportunities outside of just staking alone. Staking becomes like a bridge for other potential partnerships. And I don't think that's fully been fleshed out yet, but I'm pretty optimistic that that could turn out to be quite interesting. Yeah, so Tour de Sol is our yeah, incentivized so, testnet event. Yeah, sorry. So I went on a tangent there. So Tour de Sol is our incentivized testnet event. It's going to be running, or well, it, is, it is already currently running, all the way through to October, or at least that's what we're that's what we're targeting at the moment. Dates will obviously change, but at a high level, it's a way for us to start testing what we've built today in a permissionless environment with external validators. We've done tests internally, which we're quite happy with, but we know there's still a lot of work to go, and um, I'm really confident that with the help of the external community that we can really make something pretty cool. So to break down the structure, right now it's split into four stages, starting from stage zero through to stage three. Stage zero is focused on stability and it's gonna run throughout the balance of August. Stage one is targeted to start in September, which will be focused on performance. And that will just be simple transaction being sent between between nodes on the network and testing how fast or how much capacity we can actually handle in a truly permissionless environment. Then stage two will be simulating a DEX case or DEX use case. So I think, you know, beyond just showing that we have high throughput, it's extremely important for us to actually apply to something that's practical as well. So the DEX use case is our attempt to do that. And then stage three, which will be the most feature complete um, permissionless testnet that we'll be rolling out. And the one that's immediately before our targeted mainnet is going to have the full kit and caboodle in there. So it'll have slashing, it'll have replicators, which is another type of node um, you can probably read online about, but it will essentially be a pre-mainnet. And we're, we're hoping that we'll be able to flesh out most of the issues through this process and have a bit of fun along the way, right? So really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how do we actually talk or you know encourage validators to come on to Tour de Sol. 
Yeah, for sure. So Solana's got our our own forums where we have a, a few threads going. It covers some of the weekly meetings we've had with validators, but I guess where you'd start is the registration thread where we've got steps for how people can get involved, what the process looks like, what's in it for them, and also what the requirements are. Outside of that, if they're interested in getting context, um, the validator roundtable call, which I mentioned earlier, we run that every two weeks. We typically invite everyone who's registered for Tour de Sol to participate, and it's just a forum for us to basically engage with the community. Given that everyone's globally distributed, it makes it a bit difficult to meet in person. And then there's our Discord, which is basically a live channel where most of our engineers live. It's basically their second home. And um, we do our best to try to get through as many questions as possible. And every question's awesome because for us, someone's asking a question, it probably means that we haven't been clear enough or something's gone wrong. So that's super, super helpful. Yeah, I jumped on the uh, validator call this week. Yeah, that's right. How'd you like it? It was a fun one. And I'm, I'm not a technical I'm like one of the two people at Solana that's not you know, terminal <laughs> every day. But it was it was absolutely fascinating because, I mean, the first dry run did not go well. Oh, right? It went yeah. for 30 minutes and then it totally turfed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or something like that. So, But it was just kind of fun to see everybody kind of excited about that. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, here's what actually happened and here's how we fixed that bug. Yeah. And uh, actually it was like a pretty simple bug, but this is what, ha- you know full of transparency on it and, and everybody was kind of excited about that yeah I, I think the more transparency you get in the space the better like ultimately the the aim of Tool to Soul was to find issues right and to do what we can to try and get people on boarded and also compensate them for the time if possible I think that's a, a good way to do it you've got ownership of the project yeah yeah working together with a few others but yeah I'm, I'm hoping we have 100 nodes by the end of Tour to Soul is that your number yeah, so I think this number's forever evolving, but yeah, mainnet launch, we're targeting 100. The reason why we're targeting that is just because I think there's a line of thought within the industry, or maybe it's just me, that there's probably only around 100 professional nodes who are positioned well to maybe participate, particularly at this level. And then outside of that, for the replicator nodes, we'd probably be targeting something around a thousand, if not more, because that's something that's easier to onboard. I mean, you can spin it up on your laptop, right? Pretty much, yeah. Very, very lightweight. So if you were to coach somebody listening on like how to get involved, how would you do that? Sure. So I think there's a few ways to get involved. You can get involved as a validator, which is available now, and you can start participating in Tour de Sol. The other one is as a replicator, which, like you said earlier, you can just run that on your laptop. And we've got an alpha version of that out, but in a few more weeks, we're hoping to, hoping to have something a little bit more polished for people to test out. So that's an alternative way you could run a node on Solana and be compensated for doing so as well. Outside of that, though, there's we're obviously always looking for great talent. So usually what we do is... We post up some of the issues on our GitHub. We've got some great good first issues there or some community prizes and people can always contribute from that front. So it's basically a bounty program. To be honest, some of our highs have actually come through that as well, which is, <laughs> it's it's a great way for people to show initiative if they're genuinely interested. But outside of the technical space, I think there's gonna be plenty of opportunities. Ultimately, we do wanna scale as a company globally and we're actively looking for people who are genuinely passionate about blockchain and can help represent us in various regions as well. 
So if you do see us at events in the coming months where we'll be quite active, make sure to reach out. We'll probably be sending a few of our team around various parts of the world and doing some slightly longer stints to help educate, to get involved in local communities in various regions. And I think that's a great opportunity to start engaging, learning more about Solana first and seeing if it's a right fit for them. And if it is, then we can have a more serious discussion. I think those are the main ways where people can get involved. For now, I'm sure I'm forgetting one or two. Yeah. But and if you work at a, you know, if you work at a blockchain company and you're in San Francisco, maybe, uh, yeah, exactly, have a coffee. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we had a couple this week with other projects. Yeah, yeah, which was fun, and we should do that a lot more as we both travel. I mean, we both live on planes. At Pretty this much, point. yeah, yeah. I think, I think uh, everyone in the space is trying to cut down that yeah. <laughs> as much as possible. So, I mean, we've got a couple of big things. We're going to DevCon, yep. Osaka coming up. We're uh, going to Berlin for... Correct, yeah. I believe we'll also be aiming to go to China during Shanghai Blockchain Week in September. And I'm not sure if this podcast will be released in time, but Greg Walsh will be in Washington State for TruffleCon too. And the other one is RustConf, which is coming up in around the same time as Berlin Blockchain Week. I wonder if Rust developers realize how in demand they are right now. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'm sure they are. I think the question is whether a large population of Rust developers necessarily have a genuine interest for blockchain just yet. My hope, you know, this is a question I'm going to ask you in about two minutes, mm. but my hope is that in a year, we've got a lot of people using the speed mm. and using it more as an enterprise database than a heady blockchain project, right? They're actually just using it because it's actually comparable to AWS or, you know, for whatever purpose they have. Yeah, in an ideal world, I think a year might be a little bit too optimistic. Maybe for permission deployments, I still don't see them being interested in permissionless deployments just yet. Like after having multiple conversations from the enterprise space, maybe, maybe a lot of people haven't had enough conversations there and they don't appreciate that Technology is a very small part of the pie. There are many other things to consider in terms of stakeholder management, legal considerations, administrative functionality, things which blockchain isn't necessarily optimized for right now, but I'm sure is being built out somewhere behind the scenes. So in one year from now, August 2020, where is Solana? Ideally, in a year we'd like to be a major player within the DeFi space. I think within now and the next year, that's probably one of the areas where there's the most demand. And it's also a proven use case, right? Trading blockchain assets has been a proven use case over the past decade. The question is trying to build and find the right product that's actually going to add value over existing, existing financial products. And I think that's a constant exploration. Outside of that, though, I think... There's plenty of opportunity in payments and identity, which we're also pursuing as well. So I guess at a high level outside of just use cases, I think a globally distributed team, one that's scaled even beyond, I think we're 24 employees now, uh, roughly, and hopefully some self-sustaining communities within some of the major regions like Asia, EU, um, and the US. Do you think we're gonna still be saying no sharding? I don't know. Like, I, I think we obviously use that messaging, but like, I think sharding is an extremely important technology. And I think at some point it's inevitable that 
either, even us or any other project will want to adopt that technology. Right now, there are definitely some issues with it or some challenges, I'd say, not necessarily issues, particularly around user experience for applications across shards and also the complexity around it. But I'm confident that the researchers and also the developers in the space will solve that eventually. It's just in the short term, since we're talking about a year time span, I'm not sure how fleshed out that could be. Every time I dig into it with somebody, is just the complexity in the first minute of the conversation when we're not even really into the meat of it. is <laughs> already way too much for me. So I love the people that are obsessing over that. Oh, we need them. I hope that they succeed yeah, exactly. quickly. Um, but I think the reality of it is that that's it, not coming quick. That's not going to happen in the next year. Yeah, well, I think it definitely will in some form. It's just a question of how well built out it is by that stage. Yeah, And if there's any trade-offs with, with that. Yeah, exactly. But I, I guess any solution, even if it's a primitive solution, should will come out with those trade-offs in consideration. I think a lot of the teams that are thinking about it are thinking about it very holistically. So I'm optimistic, but I think it'll just take time. My one year from now prediction is that we have one app with at least 50,000 users? Uh, it depends, right? Like, it depends what sort of product comes out. I'd like to say that we'd be able to capture more of a market than that within a year time span, assuming that we do we do deliver on the promise and we do find some interesting use cases. Because the DeFi sector boasts a huge user base. And even if we weren't to capture traditional institutional investors and traditional retail investors, you know, optimistically looking at the amount of wallets around in the space at the moment, there's still a number significantly higher than 50,000 that's actively somewhat interested in, in blockchain. And chances are a decent portion are trading in some way, right? But I think that, num- that number is greater than 50,000. I hope so. But yeah. like right now, what, the largest app in the world has 4,000 daily active users? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So saying 50,000 a year is actually pretty aggressive for a new layer one solution. So yeah, that's true actually. I think it's an aggressive thing. I yeah. Think if we meet it, it's gonna be an amazing we might meet it in January. Who knows? Yeah. Or we might not. Yeah. That's that's the exciting part about being on kind of like <laughs> the cutting edge uh, tech startup is that you don't know. Yeah, exactly. We think the tech is going to prove out. We don't know that though. Yeah, yeah. Right, and these dry runs can not produce anything. Hundred percent, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, this is com- very complex, and if it was easy, somebody would have done it already. So we're in a in a lovely place, but also it's an exciting place. Yeah. So let's let's finish off the podcast with just open source projects you love. Open source projects that I love. I really like the approach Cosmos has in terms of community and also the technology as well, and also the concepts of not requiring people to necessarily use Cosmos, though I know there is a bit of debate about what the value of the Atom token is going on right now. And I think the Ethereum community's commitment to decentralization is very respectful. I'm really looking forward to ETH 2.0, to be honest. Sure, they might not be focusing on scalability and so on, but I think it's thanks to projects like that and teams like that that this whole space even thrives until today as it is i'm, I'm with you on that um i mean we've got our tour to soul is a throwback to and a, and a thank you to game of stakes by cosmos yeah exactly so yeah. i think on the open source a lot of people are just going to play off each other yeah for sure um, we're going to start doing work with uh, gitcoin 
um, Kevin out of Boulder, right. an old tech friend of mine. Right, nice. And we're going to start throwing up some bounties. My favorite things that happened this week was we did have some news about something that we raised some money, mm-hmm. which I don't even really want to talk about. Like, it's cool. You can look it up if you if you want to see it. But the same week, we launched, you know, kind of our seven innovations. Or we really detailed and wrote yeah. a huge blog post series about the seven technical innovations that Solana brings. Yeah, it's and that's been so exciting. much more exciting. For yeah, well, it's been really exciting to be able to get that out actually. Yeah. Being in stealth mode um, and trying to find the time to actually put pen to paper in that sense, right? So that's up, that's on there, it's on the blog. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because of the news and because of the innovations and because of Twitter Soul, mm. our Twitter, just at Solana, has been uh, pretty active this week. Yeah, man, good stuff. Which is really fun to watch, but my yeah. favorite thing that's happening is the validators are taking pictures of their rigs. Oh yeah, yeah. Hardware porn is amazing. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just hardware, like just souped up computers. <laughs> you know, and all the gamers are looking at it and going, "Hey, you know, <laughs> that is a setup." So that's, that's a pretty fun thing. I might actually put on some bounties on Gitcoin for sure. Just like show us your rig. Like, <laughs> I really want to see what that looks like. I'm looking forward to see seeing what comes of that. I think that's my ask this week from the community is if you have any uh, ideas for ways we can incentivize you to get involved or ways that we can do something that's really exciting to you. Yeah, no, I think that's a great start. And you can email me at andrew at solana.com or at podcast at solana.com and it'll get to us. Any any closing thoughts for um, this week and no sharding? No, I think we've got most of it covered. Yeah, anything from your end you reckon... I, I want to say there's this lovely culture that Solana has. Everybody that I speak with on the podcast and everybody that I you know, hang out with in the office mm. is just super kind. I, I met you via the forums, and I met you because people are like, oh, yeah, Dom, everybody likes him. <laughs> Hopefully I can live up to that. But you're everywhere on all the channels, you know, Discord, Telegram, the forums. You know, you're leading a lot of this project. So I think a lot of the public-facing kindness that people see from the outside is from you so thank you for being that uh, it works both ways i think we're pretty lucky kind of like all the messaging we've been sending out like we're not just fluffing it up i think the support and the positivity we've been receiving back from the community just makes it that much easier as well right yeah the validator call this week is a perfect example it was yeah. like we we screwed up there were some bugs <laughs> it lasted for far too you know and everybody was just like damn that was cool good job <laughs> And I love that. You know, the bugs are hopefully fully squashed, but you know, it's software. Yeah. There'll be more bugs. Yeah. It's, you can guarantee that. It's never ending. It's never, ever ending. But, you know, we've got some absolutely brilliant takes on technology here. Um, it's cool to watch us harness the value of a global community. We're going to be as a team probably in six countries next month. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Six, seven. Oh, I haven't, haven't well, even counted. I haven't even told yeah. you about my travel schedule. Uh. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we'd love to meet up with you around the world if you're listening in. So I'm Andrew Hyde, Dominic Sang. Any final words? No, I think I'm good. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for being on. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you have any questions for our guests or want to continue this discussion, please check out our website at solana.com. That's S-O-L-A-N-A.com. There are links to our Discord where most of our communication happens in the company. Also, you should check out our GitHub page where we post all of our code for you to check out and even help out with. GitHub.com slash Solana dash labs. You can also follow us on Twitter at Solana. Thanks for listening. See you next week.